Hello. This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. With me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell-West. And uh, this month we're going to be talking about matters of high import and low import as well, as we discuss cosmic, merely earthly matters, and um, the possible fate of both our souls. Obvious. But before that... Something that quite often happens in games is players bursting out into laughter, or at least in our games. Yeah. Sometimes this is the right thing. When is it inappropriate? Well, I... I've not done a, a great survey, and I don't know if my natural patriotic pride, which says that the, the British are more prone to do this sort of thing, uh, is, is true. But we do have a cultural, um, a cultural prejudice for not taking ourselves too seriously. And this means that when we find ourselves at the gaming table um, and we are dealing with matters of life and death um, in, in, in game terms in, and the, the survival of the universe, which I, I do the, 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 the threatened end of the universe entirely too often, mm. then people tend to um, use humour to compensate. And I think that's a fairly standard thing anyway. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, pe- people laugh at minor mistakes in horror films because it's a way of breaking the tension. I, I, uh, uh, yeah, the one obscene line in The Exorcist, I went to see The Exorcist full of fear and trembling when I, when I was young, and the first really obscene li- li- line in it caused the entire uh, theatre to burst into hysterical laughter because it was really <laughs> quite inappropriate. <laughs> but, um,. We can't do this. This, this is this is a, a, a PG rating show. I can't quote the line, can I? No. I'm sure we can give a link to it in IMDb. Right, the fine. Um, the point is that there comes a point where it ought to stop, where it ought to be, um, let's focus on the moment, let's take this moment seriously. And other than banging on the table and saying, no, let's focus on this, this is all uh, more... more Appropriately, no. You lot, shut up. It's it's Fred's moment at this moment in time. I haven't got a good way to guide it, other than coming the heavy the heavy GM. Is there a better way to control it when it comes to the to the important moments? I think when the table breaks out laughing and that is going to spoil the mood, then that's too late because it spoiled the mood. Yeah, right. Oh dear. Um, but the question is, what's what's causing it? I mean. If it is that some, somebody's feeling that the tension is getting a bit too much and they want a bit of relief from it, that's one thing. Mm. Um, and you can have in-game ways of defusing that a bit. Yeah, that... Uh, if, if it's more general, then maybe you have a, a problem player, but... I, I Well, I don't know. I, I think I sometimes have problems with a player, problems with the rest of my players having problems with another of my players which I don't think are justified entirely, though he irritates me as well. Everybody irritates somebody sometimes. I just keep <sighs> reminding myself of that. I'm sure there are people who find me incredibly annoying. Yes, but they're not here, Roger, I reassure you. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the problem is the, the, there, there is good laughter in-game. The best laughter is laughter in character, laughter in the setting, laughter that's consistent 
with the people that they're playing, and I have, se- yeah. and I do get that. I, I would say that's a sign that Jim has got things right. Yeah, but on the other hand, there is breaking the uh, breaking the suspension of disbelief that is saying, look, this whole situation is absurd. There are no such things as ravenous, uh, ravenous, uh, brain-eating zombies. Let us burst out laughing at it at the very moment when you want focus on the horror and the disgustingness of the situation. I don't know, I don't know quite how to, how to control it. Hmm. Fool. Is that a sign that you're raising the tension too high for, for one or more players and therefore they're doing that to relieve it or is that a sign that you're not engaging them because I think either way could be the cause and the answers will be different I think the problem is lack of engagement I think the lack of engagement in recent is the fact that I pushed uh, I I have two groups one I pushed to six players plus me and that arguably is too large especially for a very discursive game about uh, which is largely about research and politics I know people who favour it, but yeah, I'm, I'm usually four to five players at most. My other group has problems because I have a player who is a joker. I have a player who's a joker in the other group as well. But he he is compulsive about it, and he is going to find the joke if it's there at all. And mm. sometimes it's wonderful, and sometimes it's very it it, it, it works perfectly. And other times it's just really annoying, and I can't say to him, no, don't do that. Um, because, yeah, I, I, I don't know how you train your players to have a better sense of what's going on, other than by doing it year in, year out. That also almost seems like a, a character design concern. I mean, is the Joker player playing a Joker character? Ooh, up to a point. Uh, because... No, no he's, 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 he's playing himself. When he's doing the Joker thing, he's playing himself. Because that, that might be a thing of... Uh, to, to be addressed at the character choice level, and he says, "I want to play a character like this," and you say, "Well, mm, maybe that's not going to fit in." In a get playing in a game like GURPS, then you can make allowance for that, and I can design into the into the situation that the character is in opportunities for him to punctuate the moment and be well, funny it sounds, in sounds character. Like he doesn't need them, though. Well, he doesn't need them, but. If I'm using something like um, like Gumshoe, which I am at the moment, which doesn't do quite as much character definition, it has function definition and one drive, and a few, and in the case of uh, of MBA, a few um, tags to outside NPC concerns. Yeah. Um, but those don't come in into play every time, and so. There is no, I'm the cheapy, chirpy, chappy, um, possibility in, uh, he will play it anyway. But I. One, mm. one can certainly picture the, the source material. I mean, you, you could well have in a spy slash secret agent film, mm. the guy who is constantly making jokes. Yeah, true. There is no reward for it, um, but it, it is consistent and, it, and in character. It's just, it can be annoying. Um, yeah, I, can 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 they be made to be more diegetic, as in things that the character would say? Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Then in that case, my what I am not doing, what I'm not not doing, is turning to people and saying, 
Did you say that in, ca- in character? Then, if you didn't, then shut up. Yeah, and and if he's saying things in character which annoy the other players, then then that's a, that's a thing well, yeah, no, no, I'm not sure they annoy the other players. They annoy me. <laughs> um, but then I am I am but the humble servant of my players, and they're to they're to provide their pleasure in all things. Sarcasm. Rule one: the GM is God. Play, rule two: players shall sacrifice live pizza to the GM. <laughs> Uh, rule one: the the GM is God. Rule two: uh, the the uh, uh, the players shall nail him to something with regular frequency. <laughs> All right. That uh, opportunities for yeah, I I think occasions for in character laughter. Yeah, would be what I, I haven't been sitting in on your game, but there's the impression I'm guessing is, is my, yeah. what might be. And so there is that tension relieving there already, and so they don't need to do it spontaneously, maybe. Yeah, except that when they are, yeah, when they are facing the vampires, when they are, when they are up against the the big nasties, they really ought to feel slightly worried. They are Jason Bourne to the nth degree. They are super cool, super spies, but they still ought to feel worried when something with fangs that doesn't reflect is coming towards them. So in the source material, if they crack a joke at that point, it's because they are laughing in the face of the darkness. Yeah. All right. I, I, I think that's what, you're, what you should be trying to aim towards, is the impression I get, because yeah. that's what the game is trying to do. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I just want to go for slavering terror, and I'm not giving it... I am worried that I'm not making them nervous enough. Um... NBA is fairly good for having um, dependent NPCs and things that you can slaughter, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to have to do that shortly. I have started threatening their 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 dependent NPCs, but only in an oblique direction. It's the fair. I I can't I can't leave their ex girlfriend um, uh, blood drained on their on their beds every session. (laughs) Yeah, she's getting fed up with it. Yeah, well, um, the, the, there's the messy business of, is she going to rise? Should I uh, drive a stake through my beloved's heart before she does so? Which I'm really looking forward to, <laughs> talking of laughter. My other group, I think the problem is sheer size and start of side, of side conversations. I'm having to break up um, who's doing what and who the focus is on from time to time. It's rare that more than a couple of players are directly dealing with the issue at hand but mm. and that's bad from my point of view um but i think on the whole um on the whole i've just got to i've just got to impose better table discipline and say keep it down whilst the focus is on these people mm, i'm just thinking uh, in john dolman's infinite cabal game quite often we have one or two PCs up to a particular thing, while while everybody else is well. The, the, that's the thing; they're they're listening in. Yeah. Because we we're going to find out what happened, um. And yeah, all right. Sometimes people people will go off briefly onto their phones, but this is because they know that they're going to be coming back soon mm. anyway. Uh, if, we, because it, I think it may be because it's a smaller group, we don't get the side conversations. Yeah. Because it would be obviously treading on the existing game. It may also be. Uh, are you, you're meeting in somebody's room. Yes. Yeah, in somebody's house. Whereas I'm around a table, in a big, uh, e- slightly echoey space, and keeping the focus on um, on the centre of the room rather than side conversations is proving difficult. I wonder yeah, if I, should, if I, I, I if wonder if I should break up the normal order of seating in order to 
I don't know. It feels too much like being a school teacher. Players will feel resentful. They will. Yeah. You tell them where to sit. I'm, I'm just thinking if if I'm sitting where the guy I might be chatting to is over there by the shed. That's about I don't know, fifteen feet away for people mm. who are, aren't watching the video. Um, what? What? I would have worn different shorts if I knew there was video. Then it's obvious that I'm having a, having a chat with him in a way that it isn't if we're just sitting around a table and I can say something quietly to the guy next to me. It's mm. true. Yeah. All right. I am. I'm resolving that better opportunity for to get uh, to. Uh, they want to get their yayas out. To coin a phrase, quite how to put it. They 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 want they 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 want they want my jokers and just about every round already around the table in my Wednesday night group is a joker one way or another. Um, want to. Some of them in a very miserable fashion, but a joker nonetheless. <laughs> want, want the opportunity to get they uh, get get them a moment, and I've got to provide them with that. What I would say is, this, this is an energy that you want to rechannel rather than suppress. True. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. Though it 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 start, It has to be fairly improvised. My 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 style is to improvise largely around a few. A few notes, and always having up too much material, and other places they can go, so that they can maximally surprise me. Yeah, I, I have more notes for one of these these recording sessions than I do for a three-hour game. <laughs> so, but but at the same time, I feel I should be doing better, having pre-prepared moments, things that I know are going to come up that I can throw at them. And actually, that cites me as a very good segue into our next thing. Shall we have a quick segue? All right. By Jove, I needed that. Roger, segueing into the next bit. The Wednesday night group is at the moment we've talked about a lot, which well, it's approaching the moment we've talked about a lot, which is the moment the world changes. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, or newcomers, my Wednesday night group is in a game in which magic returns to the 17th century, courtesy of an ill-advised experiment by Mr. Isaac Newton, late of Trinity College, Cambridge. And they are the people who, on, in whose laps magic has fallen. They're reaching the point at which they're going to have to tell more of the authorities, specifically the church authorities, what they have got and what is going on. And I'm trying to set up for the player characters a big slam-bang conclusion to the campaign at which either they're going to come out the other side with some sort of stability in the relationships between the states and the churches and the newfound magicians mm -hmm. or they're going to destroy the world. I think I think we might as well go for the big one. They could just destroy <laughs> Europe, but... Well, yes, you know, the, the, the unravelling of reality tends not to respect national borders. Yeah, and uh, uh, there might just be huge wizard wars lay, laying waste uh, or the, the, the high population areas, and they haven't contacted China yet. <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm wondering how I set this up that it's going to be an interesting thing for the player characters to do and give each of them 
a reaction to it. Now they are all um, going around the table. We have um, a government a spy come heavy um, for the English government, uh, who is who is uh, he has he has the magical name that governs creation and has saved the universe once, but is aware that he is himself not a very nice person. Hmm. We have uh, the king's... Uh, the whole rough men thing, right. Yeah. We have the king's um, uh, a personal investigator and a, Scot- and a Scots Episcopalian, what is more, um, uh, who is ambiguous about all these Catholics who are hanging around. We have, next around the table... Oh, they are, of course, damned, but, but they may potentially be useful. Useful. They are useful pre-damned persons of <laughs> heretics. The word heretic flies around the table from all sides quite quite <laughs> remarkably. We have a, a an Irish Catholic surgeon um, who is uh, who is whose patron is is Charles II's uh, Catholic Queen. We have um, another um, English spy and, and assassin, and who has just acquired the name that means death. <laughs> um, and a man who wishes to live forever. He's 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 an even nasty piece of work than the other other spy, <laughs> but a charming with it. We have a slightly. I, cri- know, I have a character who wants to live, live forever because she she reckons that's the only way she's going to be able to achieve her primary ambition, which is to learn everything. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Trust me. <laughs> And we have a we have a, a a member a merchant and member of the of the royal fellow of the royal society. And we have an Anglican vicar, priest, um, who is one of the church's witch hunters. <laughs> so, given all that, uh, given all that, what do I give them? To, what do I throw at them from the political mess that is 17th century Europe? What can I do that ensures that there are at least there ought to be at least three plot threads to hook them all in? Three difficulties which the group and their allies are going to have to face. How do I set this up? So, the, the way I see this, this is a sort of season ender. As in, you, you might come mm. back to it one day, the, the potential might be there. Yeah. But it should be a satisfying conclusion to the story if the show doesn't get renewed. Yeah, and if the show doesn't get renewed, then I, then I, I can always uh, destroy the world. <laughs> Yeah, a cliffhanger, a, a, a season ender, a big question to be answered at the end would be nice. Mm, yeah, what but, I'm thinking is, of, of recent years, they've generally gone away from that, because quite often these days the, the producers of a TV show don't know whether it's going to get renewed until after the last episode has been made. Yeah. And because the fans get really hacked off when things are com- left completely hanging, and because the money men who are actually making the decision don't really care about the cliffhanger... I, th- I think they've moved away from that in recent years. Yeah, and it's nice to have. Yeah, here, here you can say here is where the next season will be happening. Here is what it's going to be about. Mm. Here is an exciting thing we haven't explored yet. But what you don't need is everything is on a knife edge. We don't know who's going to live and who's going to die. There is an there is a conclusion to the, to this story, this volume of the multi volume novel. Yeah, I think there ha- there. I think you're right. There has to be a conclusion. Some will live and some will die. Perhaps I'm not sure. There are certainly challenges I could introduce, but all right. They're going to contact one, the Archbishop of Canterbury, two, the Pope, and three, the start holder of of the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. What are the possible 
causes. Right. <laughs> there, there is... The Archbishop of Canterbury is a very principled and brave person, but he hates Catholics. The Pope is a reformer, uh, kindly to a, a kindly, uh, as Catholic um, patriarchs go in the in the in the in the Renaissance toward, towards the Jews, were absolutely furious at a the, the King of France, and b the uh, and b the the Turks. The King of France is one of the thirty six names of magic. And the start holder, I haven't done the research on William William of Orange yet, except that I know he's gay. Mm. So, what do I do? There is the possibility the the church's reaction in either case is going to be I'm not could be I'm not do it going with whatever the other guy goes with, or it could, or they both could condemn them. Or what's the more entertaining thing? Is it more entertaining to have have my to have a war across Europe about about the use of magic, is it more entertaining for um, what's the, what? Where where can I drag the fun out of this? Well, this, this is starting to speak to underlying campaign themes. Yeah, um, I hope because if 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 one of them is that you cannot allow a magical war, yeah, then you might be able to present a, a, a choice between oh, say yeah. Do we go for the for the um, gold medal and actually set set up a um, sensible system everybody can agree with, which is going to be really hard work and maybe impossible, or do we try for the silver, which is going to have a war across Europe, but at least we're going to keep magic out of it? The thing is, all right, the oath of the council, which I carefully put together, says, amongst other things, we don't do war, and we don't. And we do not use our magic. We do not try to rule in right of our magic. The King of France is there because he because he's a magician, not because he's the King of France, and he's not the King of France because he's a magician. He's the King of France because he's his father's son, as far as anybody knows. Yeah, let's let's not go into the possibility of magical DNA testing, <laughs> though. No, it's a really good idea. Now I think of it. Um, but yeah, so so, um, but but that that they don't have the numbers yet. They have some of the influence, but they don't have the numbers yet to be able to lay down the law to anybody. Yes, but they're magicians who can remake reality. They, up, they should be able. Point, Lord Cuff, they should to be able point. to get influence. I did mention that uh, that uh, not oppressing the mundanes, such as using mind control magic on them, was was right out. I did. It, I did. That will cause a schism in the in in the in the council. <laughs> And the schism in the council is what they've been dancing around trying to avoid for the past three months, I think. I'm wondering whether that should be your main um, decision point, then. Do do we actually get everybody pulling in the same direction, maybe muttering but at least agreeing, or do we have a a formal split? They've killed one one bearer of a name, Titus Oates, the bastard. Um, And one has sacrificed his life and one has just resigned. They have three new recruits, one of whom is unreliable. He could cause a considerable amount of problems. But that is that is a minor key. It should be a threat that's always there. I'm not sure all my players see it. I don't think... One of them is terrified, quite rightly, of 
magic of the ability to of the names of the powers of magic that they, that they they carry and wants to return them to storage as they've done once before he doesn't quite see the way i'm making the npcs see it that they are as long as they are in the world they are stabilizing influence you have 36 people who have preeminent power in magic and can lay down the law yeah i i think we mentioned before the, the way i see this going in a good sense yeah is that they effectively become the IAEA. Um, we, we are the people you talk to if you want to do, um, if you want to do stuff with magic. That's and, what they and, want. And certainly. we will help you, but we will also prevent you from doing the dodgy things. Yeah, if you agree not to do the dodgy things, we will help you get the other stuff. Yeah. Thing is, I don't. I want the PCs to have that idea themselves. I want the players. <laughs> I want the players to have that idea themselves. I, how do I guide them towards it? That's tricky. It seems to me a really obvious model to use, but that's because no, I've been no, writing a book involving it. Yeah, um. no, yeah you're, abso- you're absolutely right. There, they ne- there needs to be... They've come to the conclusion there needs to be the council um, which rules magic and sets down standards. Ah, that means a subcommittee on standards is where the next <laughs> political battle happens. And we, in, in the uh, Infinite Gamal game, we have recently been... As Kabbalists of the relatively sane variety, relatively, we have found ourselves in, in a unique position to say, look, Centrum and Infinity, you guys need to talk to each other. The, this, this constant sniping at each other is not helpful and is in fact damaging the fabric of reality, which we can take you and show you <laughs> to, to places your conveyors don't go. Oh, that's a nice plot twist. Well done, done John. Yeah, and I, I at least see this as, as as a starting point. I mean, obviously there is some sharing of information about how to make sure that doesn't happen, but I, I am at least pushing that towards. Well, yeah, you don't need to fight over these worlds because that is just unproductive and inefficient. Let's at least try negotiating. Hmm. Maybe it won't work, but we can try. Yeah, diplomats and things. Yeah, yeah. Centrum has a diplomat uh, has has a diplomat uh, shortage. They haven't had the need for diplomats for uh, at least a hundred years. Yeah, since the big atomic war. We are in charge of everybody, and that's a model they apply to the rest of the cosmos. Yeah, so we're we're, we're trying. It's it's hard work. It's going to take a long time, but it's it, it's a yeah. There is an obvious benefit to all parties involved if it can be made to work. I'm not sure if I should bring out the other types of magic. There, apart from divine and infernal magic, there are at least four other kinds of magic which I've hinted at in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if bringing one of those into greater existence in the universe is the sensible thing to do, or whether it just destabilizes things. And I should leave that for a hypothetical second season. It's a question of timing. I mean, it, it's the obvious closing shot of the first season. We've 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 solved all our problems. Things seem to be stable. Aha! Here is a new thing happening. Yeah, the the aforementioned Sir Isaac Newton may well be involved. No, he's not a sir yet. May well be involved, despite being slightly dead. I wouldn't expect being dead to slow him down much. Nah. Um. All right. That yeah. You're right. That makes that makes the that makes the the, the season closer, but th- this is a position, a situation where the PCs are, are in a position to to change the world in fairly major ways. 
Yeah, it seems to me. How do I how do I make them feel it's their responsibility? Yeah, that's not a problem I've had. I've I've had two two campaigns in which something along these lines has happened. One one was Age of Aquarius, the nineteen sixties Psy campaign. Yeah. In which, well, I I was originally thinking of um, size yeah, li- living moment to moment, pretty much living on the run and so on. That what they immediately decided they wanted to do was. Hmm, these guys at MI5 seem to know about half the story. Let's talk to them and hope they don't dissect us. <laughs> God, that's trust, trusting. They must have been bored that evening. <laughs> but um, maybe I was doing too much too much of a good job of being sympathetic. Uh, yeah, it is but but in any case, um, this turned into uh, working for MI5, which was fine. And there came a point at which it was very clear that the knowledge was spreading very fast. Hmm. And their reaction to this was, let's get a ministry set up. Yeah. Because, because then the government can look as if it's in charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cynical, but and works, if, and, yeah. and at that point, if people suddenly wake up and find, find they can move things with their brains... But at least they have they an have, 0800 number they can call. That, well, this is 1967, but I think it's a free phone number. Right. But... Um, the the concept is there that they, they have a thing in their frameworks. They've had they have a thing they've read in the newspaper. Yes. Aha, this this is that, so I don't need to panic. Have you just discovered you have psychic powers? Have a pamphlet and call this number. And of course, the, the parasitic ecosystem of make your brain stronger in five easy lessons yeah. immediately springs up. <laughs> right, going back back a second. But, but the the point is what what the it was the the players who who largely thought. Right, we need to make this formal and governmental. Yeah. Um, similarly, in the World War Two, the magic game, they the word of magic is going to get out. Mm. It is sort of getting out slowly already. And what one of the players has in fact ri- written a draft document of the press release mm. to be sent when the when it's decided that this needs to be made official. All right. The- which, which is basically takes the form. Don't panic. It's generally not all that powerful, but yes, it's out there, and we know about it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The the question about how do I prove I have you? How do you prove you have not sold your soul to the devil? Is going to come up. I know it is. The the, the one Catholic, somebody needs to design a pneumometer. Well, the the uh, the one Catholic priest that uh, uh, they have told about it was perfectly happy once he, he attempted an exorcism and nothing happened. <laughs> he has to believe in the in the power of the of the sacraments, and therefore uh, and therefore he's perfectly happy to say no, no, nothing there, Gov. I'm not sure that'll hold for the Inquisition, though. My well, the Inquisition has its own social problems. I mean, leaving the magic completely out of it, it exists because it is finding heretics. If yeah. there are no heretics to find, then it, then it has no purpose. Yeah. And its budget gets cut. And organisations perpetuate themselves. It's true. I need to worry about this. All right, going back. Well, to yes, but at least they're going to be opposed by the Pope. If they if they do it right, yes, if they do it right, they've got an in with the Pope. Let's let's all right. Let's say the Pope goes well and the Archbishop of Canterbury goes badly, and the start holder goes ambiguously. That might do it. Perhaps the model might be something more like the United Nations of, yeah, all right, you guys hate each other, but you really don't want to be hating each other across a magic-blasted landscape. Let's stick with the diplomacy and bribery and assassination and stuff that you do already. Mm. <laughs> and leave us out of it to do our research. My problem is, I can see... 
I can see the the Catholic surgeon and the Anglican priest being serious enough to um, being serious enough to want there to be peace. So they're they're rolling this as negotiators and go-betweens works. My yeah. my two spies, I can give spying things to do, and they can look mm -hmm. at the they can infiltrate and possibly assassinate the uh, the uh, the Puritan groups. They don't have. They can certainly infiltrate the Puritan and uh, Puritan burn all the witches groups, and uh, deal with them. Arrange uh, them to turn up on the same same place and night as, as the Inquisition, maybe. That's funny. Um, the Captain McDougall, uh, the investigator, is a bit of a wild cannon, and Quentin, the fellow of the Royal Society, wants to do research. Ah. They're going to go all over the place, aren't they? It, it does seem to me one, one way to hint to the PCs that it's their job to make the peace, as it were, yeah. is to have what one might call factional leaders. You know, not not mm. the Pope, but somebody who is, who is clearly representing the Pope. Approaching them mm. as the council and saying, you know, look, my, my, my principle is, is prepared to... is." Um, doesn't want things to go horribly wrong, but he, but we can't talk to factional leader B. Mm. Please act as a go-between. Not not even that explicitly, but if if they're all saying, "Oh, we can't we can't talk to them, but we can talk to you." Yeah, I th I think that's a fairly broad hint. Video conferencing is not outside their technical means. <laughs> um. All right. I notes notes to self. Write, start writing the report of the committee on subcommittee on standards. They, the, the subcommittee on uh, investigations and justice have established their bona fides, <laughs> and the subcommittees on revelations and secrets are are quite busy. Education and recruitment is has already had some time. Right, it's the time for the subcommittee on standards. I have, I have, I have thirty six thirty six names. Sixes are a big thing in this campaign for numerological reasons. All right. All right. So, so the new French imperial system of units will obviously be based on base six, yes. Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. All right. Millie has always meant one two hundred and sixteenth. <laughs> All right. We will, we will see how it goes. But thank you, Roger. I have worked some ideas out, and uh, you may even get a report on how it ends up in case, you know, They've whether they end up on top of a pile of skulls the size of Paris or oh Warhammer <laughs> or leading forward into the light and 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 uh, of a of a new of a new age um, magically produced and made, made brighter by the lights of perverted magic. Yeah, we will see. Onward, upward. I've been trying a new experience, newish experience, of gaming over the interwebs, over the, these marvelous technological things the young people have invented, with Roger as the GM. And we are doing a thing which draws upon a recent uh, publication in which we are learning things, muchly. We are learning muchly, and militarily, well, navally, actually, in space, in Space! Do you want to tell us about it, Roger? Well, uh, 
the, this is the the core concept of this is the Royal Navy in space. Yup. We haven't quite got to the Royal Navy itself. We're sort of on the fringes being trained. Yep. Um, the, originally, this was going to be just um, the, a combination of, of John Winton's books and on which he wrote mostly in the fifties and sixties mm-hmm. about Royal Navy life in the real world uh, and Star Trek done right. Yeah. As in, you do not send the entire command crew. No. Off on off on a mission, you send one senior officer, one junior officer, and maybe a couple of marines and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So it was so it was always going to be a troop t- style game. That then it grew the training phase because one of Winton's things is naval training, and the existence of GURPS social engineering back to school. Is it social engineering? Anyway, it's back to school is the main title of the thing, yeah. uh, which we've mentioned briefly here before. Um. Caused me to think. Well, a lot of games have some sort of training mechanism where you can say, "Okay, um, we're, we're going to go away and learn a new skill or mm-hmm. whatever, or we're going to spend our experience points." But it's not often a foreground activity, and that is the sort of thing that this that back to school is specifically designed to cover. Not just school settings, but any any sort of formal training. education and training. So that gave the basic shape. That then then of course I had to invent a world for this to happen in. Which is basically um, not near future, not for our future. It's about twenty five hundred ish AD. It's medium ish future. Uh, there, there, there have been interstellar colonies for a few hundred years, hmm. and so, there so. is still uh, there is still a Great Britain, God bless us all, and a Royal Navy, and mm-hmm. we even get colonies, which must have been sneaky of us. Yeah, the 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 terminology may be slightly different, but that's the easy way to think of it, and that there, there are colonies that have become independent, there are colonies that are still colonies and quite large and maybe becoming independent, there are smaller ones below about 10,000 people it's not self-sustaining so you call it an outpost instead but maybe it'll become a colony one day Yeah, I, I just thought of a detail which you haven't specified What's the name of the monarch? I have not specified that Go I, want, on, I you... want to think about it Alright, fair enough <laughs> I, I want to start with, with an actual list of kings and queens of the United Kingdom and, and then um, project reign lengths and increase them a bit because of increased life expectancy and work out what somebody's regnal name is likely to be because that's the way I do this Right, fair enough <laughs> obsessive, obsessive detail and accuracy Fine I'm still working on the star map but um, the, the point of this was um, We don't even know if it's His Majesty's ship or Her Majesty's ship <laughs> I'm, I'm pointing. You could just roll a die. Uh, <laughs> For sex, I probably will, um, because it, it is. It is certainly by this point strict primogeniture. I think it is technically yeah. now. It or, is. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, after Charles, it is. But in any case, um, the the idea was uh, okay. We we have this naval training setting. Um, the actual going to classes and things isn't going to be terribly interesting for the most part. No. And let's face it, people don't often die during training, so we, we assume um, that there will be occasional adventures. So what we ended up doing was mm. a, a three-month block of training, which is essentially resolved mm. in, what, three or four die rolls? Yeah. Um, to see, basically, how, how much attention did you, did you pay during the lessons? Did you, did you mess up horribly and get injured? That sort of thing. And as a result, how, how many hours and points do you have to put into skills? But that's done out of game time. And yeah, generally by email. Generally by email. And what we do during uh, game time is one incident from that that uh, that quarter's training, 
Yeah, so as, as it might be the rough terrain exercise across the surface of the moon or the, the initial cruise, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a sort of game I've, I've run before. I, I hadn't run Troop Style before, never mind no. anything else. I'm, we're cu- currently engaged on a great expansion, try, trying to set up a, bu- a bunch of secondary PCs. Uh, our, our four heroes have now gone off in different directions to different initial postings. Each of them needs a small cast of NPCs to interact with. Uh, th- uh, three, I think, is going to be the optimal number number there. One, one might argue that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Plus some for me. Plus some for you, right, <laughs> Yorkov. Oh, but, uh, ripping us into shape, making us do the hard work. <laughs> but it, um, th- th- this effectively means I'm, I'm running four, four linked campaigns, but, but only at one quarter rate each. So how, how that works out is going to be interesting. You're gonna ha- in the second half. You're gonna have to tie this all together. In at some that's s- the third half. That's the third half, right? <laughs> so basically, we're going out and we are doing our career as junior officers. Yeah, this this is phase two. Yeah, um, because originally the the yeah the, the the actual you are all officers on the same ship thing mm. is getting further and further away. Yeah. Somebody may invent a new phase three for it for, to replace it. Um, but in, in principle, this is, here, here are some junior officer postings. Again, it'll probably be not your immediate day to day stuff, but the, the interesting incidents yeah. in your months or years of posting. Yeah. And then at some point thereafter, we will get people back together. The, th- the thing I would do, the thing I would do, and which I will paranoically look out for when you do it, is uh, is have a hidden menace somewhere, a linking theme, a a reason for us all to be called to the same ship at the last phase. Um, ah, they've seen he uh, him over there had experience with um, them, the evil emerging enemy um, um, over here, mm-hmm. and. She had experience over there, so let's go and do this, that, and let's bring them together. They can be our part of our work, our task force. I think what the Royal Navy usually does when, when it notices it has a bunch of officers who have obscure knowledge is not put them on a ship together, but put them put them on a naval base together. Yeah, to be to study things. Well, that that sort of works too if we can steal a ship. <laughs> I I I am at the moment. Um, I'm, well, I'm looking forward that, to, that's to technically being... technically not mutiny, so that's good. No, no it's barratry, isn't it? Yes. Ah. <laughs> you still get hanged for it. But... Oh, good, good. <laughs> uh, they still break your sword, but do we still have swords? Oh, yes. Not quite. There might even be a use for it. There was the argument in Traveller that the uh, that the, the Marines had cutlasses so that they could cut open people's spacesuits. Yeah, I, th- I think you are trained in sword drill, which is so, so trivial as not to merit a character point. Mm. Um, not even, isn't, yeah. It's not nobody's going to stop you learning actually to, to to fight with with your dress sword. But it but it com- comes off our soldier, or rather sailor skill, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Right. Uh, or po- possibly stuff off fair uh, military. I'm looking forward to being. The uh, the 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 wise NPC who grumbles in the background of, of the other junior officers. To be perfectly <laughs> frank, I wouldn't do that if I were you, sir. No, sir, I wouldn't do that. Um, uh, and they can also do the same thing to me. I have the horrible feeling. My character is disappointed. My character is horribly ambitious and is is disappointed. He won none of the prizes at, at the at the uh, 
at the Naval Academy and um, has been and initially got posted to something he was totally unsuited to. But all right, we can live with that. Yes, I I, I wrote a programmatic simulator of the Admiralty Board, uh, which basically consisted of for each prize and for each posting a bunch of skill requirements. Mm. And then, in in effect, a skill roll was made against each of these, and, and the margin of success added up. You did not think to put in the fact that um, that my my character had failed to detect the space mine on his cadet cruise, and uh, into into consideration when you're giving him a sensors position. And then I tweaked things a bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. You were looking at the sensors. If anybody had spotted it, you would have. Yes. Nobody spotted it. Therefore, there was clearly nothing there to be detected. It must have been very stealthy. Boom. <laughs> All right. I'm looking for... Who are we going... Uh, how are you going to set up the order of who does what first? Uh, my current thought, which was suggested by one of the other players, is beginning of the session we have a general you know, le- le- letters to each other sort of mm. general catching up phase. Um, and th- then probably we have a session for a, for a particular mm. player, rather than having four mini-sessions because I'm, I'm already running shorter adventures than, than I normally do. Yeah, I would... You are cutting... And, your... and, and then make sure within each block of four, everybody mm. gets a session. Yeah, all right. I I think you need... I think you could run it longer than you have been doing. Is it the, is it the fact we're doing it over the internet that's... Um. Yeah, this is a, a related thing. I think it, it may be because we, we are less inclined to natter. Hmm. Um, but... When, when I started playing with the Cambridge group, I found they got through adventure material much faster than other groups I'd played with before. Yeah. And now that I'm running this online game, I'm finding it goes through even faster than that. Yeah. I don't think it's just a facet of the online thing, because I ran uh, one of my one-shots with Watson Hall, mm. and I think it should be coming up on RPG MP3 sometime soon, and then they ended up taking three sessions to do a four-hour one-shot. Ugh. Because they were having fun with it. You've got a lot. So, of... so it's not just the online, but I, th- I think it's the, the the group tends not to natter much. Are we all, are we all are we all GMs in the group? And uh, John, yeah, Doctor Bob, and me. Dave, Dave, I don't think has run games, but hmm. yeah, the, I don't the, know. It does make a difference. The dynamics of the room make a difference. Whether you lean over to somebody, as we were saying earlier, and and start a sideline of conversation. Or whether, uh, but and it's harder to do on the internet. Also, the fact that the 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 medium tends to cut out everybody except the voice speaking. Yeah. If, you all, if we all speak at once, then it, it gets a. I think there's also the cut. feeling that r- rather than I have got onto a bus and I've gone some or a car or whatever and I've gone somewhere and now I can relax. It's I am doing this thing and I'm here doing this thing and when I step away from it, I'm going to relax. Ooh. Possibly. Which may yeah. may well keep me inclined to keep keep things going on the game front rather than. Yeah, in that case you're going to need to write more sunshine. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I have I have a World War Two game to run before the next session of this. Then then I concentrate on this again. Oh, well, we, I, I, I I say that in theory. I mean, in practice, I'm going to scramble things together two days before, same as always. Are you going to maintain the background rising in character points as we get more experience? We've done tra- we've we've done our intense training. Are yep. you going to allow for? Are you going to be tracking, um, gaining experience by doing stuff? Yes. Yeah. That. 
yeah, th- this is not not a complexity for the players. Um, mm. Several of whom, I believe, will be listening to this. Um, but yeah, you, you will get a certain amount of learning on the job. Not very much because. As, as defined in the book, learning on the job doesn't teach you very much because it's routine work. Yeah, uh, you will get a certain amount of actual training because they they want you to, to they want to encourage you to take courses and learn stuff, mm. and you'll get a certain amount of experience from from adventures. Yeah, right, I'm looking forward to it. We shall see what happens. The other other game in which training has become important, which is another GURPS one, simply because GURPS has such support for this, yeah. is the Second World War with magic. Yeah, mentioned from time to time. It, it's not as important there because the the sessions are just that, just the uh, adventures, and they, they get a lot more points from the adventures than they do from the training. But there has been a sense of okay, well we, we've we've been here, or we think we might be going here. Let's learn this language or this skill. Hmm. Let's make sure we all know parachuting. Yeah, my lot of in the in the Dawn of Magic game are picking up a lot of stuff. But they do have the advantage of a magical ritual that will... It's risky. Things could go wrong. But they, they, but assuming they don't uh, fumble any of the magic and start copying their memories uh, uh, between each other and even erasing some, they do have a, uh, an ability to teach skills and even mental advantages that that's even riskier in a very short space of time. Hmm. Which um, is bringing them up to speed, but um, really, I really I should be making them take a lot of time training apprentices and, um, and bringing new recruits up to speed. But that's sort of being weighing on the NPCs at the moment. Yeah, although if you let the NPCs do it, then there'll be recruits who think like the NPCs. Yeah, Louis of France must be discouraged from doing this. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have fifteen people who think they're the Sun King. Or oh, that the Sun King is a great thing and should be supported in all, all endeavours. Yes, that is. It does megalomania work that way if you've just copied it? I'm not saying that Louis <laughs> is a megalomaniac. I, I mean, a megalomaniac thinks that he has an exaggerated sense of his own power and importance. Well, do, does he have fanaticism self or fanaticism king of France? It's a very good question. I shall have to dissect him sometime. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. We are 21st century people. If you're not listening to this in the 21st century... Hello, a, it, the future! It was a strange time. No, 2016 especially. God help us. But we we are at least moderately conversant in science. We think, for our limited 21st century knowledge. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we still think there's such a thing as gravity, but apart from that... Mm, yeah. um, but there are many game worlds in which things happen which are really hard to reconcile with the science we understand. Mm. Not not just this is stuff we haven't discovered yet, but this is stuff that is blatantly impossible. Yeah. So how does one reconcile that? I mean, the, the obvious example is magic. Yeah. I've I, I've read many times bits of uh, fantasy novels which use bits of physics. Uh, there's the bit in the Belgariad when uh, Garion tries to move a rock with his mind and finds himself sinking into the earth, for instance. And there are similar bits and pieces 
scattered around um, the, uh, the Randall Garrett's Lord Darcy stories, I seem to recall. Hmm. But nonetheless, the magic in both of those does things which is incom- which are incompatible with understanding of physics. And it's been a, it was a problem for me reading, it still is a problem for me reading the um, Ask Magic material, where it is assumed that Aristotelian physics, as understood in the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. makes sense. Which, honestly, chaps, it doesn't. Um, if anybody out there is still an Aristotelian in the in the scientific sense. Well, that that, that brings on what one one of my um, four, four branches to this. Um, yes, okay. For for those not not conversant with medieval physics, I, I think one one of the key points here is um, there there is. Rather than the Newtonian approach of think things in motion tend to remain in motion, the Aristotelian approach is continuation of motion depends on continued action of a force. Yeah. So if, if the stars are moving in the sky, it is because something is pushing them around. If, if, I, if I throw a ball over to you, it's because the, some, something is pushing that ball all yeah, the way. The air, is move, is it, the air is so constituted as to pull and push the ball through it towards you. This makes no sense, Roger. This is yeah. the point at which my 21st, well, 20th century, I'm, I haven't got the upgrade, brain goes wibble. Majority 20th century. Yeah. I, can't, I haven't got the space for the upgrade. My yeah, it, it seems to me that the, the, where this falls down is specifically where science does cut in, because you can use the Aristotelian model to say, we have observed this thing, and now let us construct an explanation for it that fits inside the model, mm. as, as you just did. What you can't use it to do is to say, we have this set of principles. How will this thing which we have not yet observed behave? Um, they do make... And that, that is exactly what you need to do in a game. Hmm. Because you have all sorts of un- things that haven't happened before. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing is that the, uh, Aristotelian physics does make predictions. It predicts things like there must be huge crystal spheres up in the sky, and uh, and they must be made of an unbreakable, uh, an unbreakable uh, a fifth substance, which uh, cannot be found upon Earth because reasons. And one of my players, yes, but what does Aristotelian physics say about how fast you should throw a piece of artillery so that it lands in that town over there? Uh, it does not make this prediction. Given that its impression of a trajectory goes basically up- upwards in a fairly conventional curve, gets over its target and then plummets, that is also true. You would have think, thought that people would actually, you know, look at things like arrows and and and. and it's cannon. quite hard to see them. They move fast. They're small, and and they're desperately affected by air resistance, All which right. does push things more in that direction. Not yeah. so much rocks, but it's hard to observe a rock because there's usually a battle going on. You would have thought they would tested the, the trebuchets outside of battle conditions. Mm. All right, this is a problem. I, I, my problem at the moment is again with the Dawn of Magic campaign because magic can do things which are which is are physically impossible. But I want the world to be based on modernish physics, except where the exceptions happen. Mm. I want my my standard. Um, model for magic happening is that what we see is real but it's not the base level of reality. There are levels of reality under 
what we see and understand yep. by modern physics, which can be accessed by magic, and they happen in wibbly ways. Yeah, I mean, you, you clearly you need to throw away apparent conservation of energy, mm. but you don't need to throw away conservation of energy. All you have to say is the energy is coming from somewhere and going somewhere. Yeah. So, um, you might say, you know, this is this is not the power of my mind pushing that rock. This is the power of my mind reaching into the substructure of the universe and causing and uh, persuading it to vibrate in particular ways, such that the rock gets pushed. That is about what roughly what I and it's tiring to reach into the substrate of reality and feel for the magic and well, it, control it. Needs it needs a lot of mental concentration. Yeah, physical, physical as well. I'm going with mm-hmm. the GURPS model of yeah. this exhausts you and then it hurts you. Yeah, and the the thing. I, what I'm inclined to take as a model for this is, is take the one impossibility. In this case, it's the substructure. Yeah, I'm not sure that, and then, that, that counts as, a, as one impossibility. It's a one impossibility that implies many impossibilities. The, the thing is then to try to tie everything else into that, mm-hmm. rather than saying, oh, well, these other guys do it this completely different way. They may yeah. think they do it a completely different way, but it, sh- it should all be tied together, because then you have a single set of invented physics that you need to keep track of. Yeah, I am... Yeah, I am thinking... I have, as I said before, other means of doing magic built into the game, but they they all substru- they all follow the same... Um, it's like each of the schools of magic provides you administrator-level access to the internet but they do it via different machines. Is that mm-hmm. a good analogy? I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably insulting your, your profession here. But, but that the, the you, can, you can cause things to happen out there in the world, but you access, access it using different systems and, mm-hmm. and different um, modalities. They all reach to the same, same point, which are systems that God set up, but you access them in different ways. Yeah, the World War II magic game has a similar thing. We have people of completely alien traditions, um, but they all fundamentally count as magic for the purposes of can other magic detect it, can other magic protect against it, that sort of thing. Mm, whereas what I'm doing is that some of, the, some of the forms of magic detect as magic to other magicians and some don't, because reasons, which I'm plot-based I'm not going into. Is it wrong that I can't get my head around non-standard magic? I'm doing. I'm listening to a podcast I may have mentioned already called uh, "The History of Philosophy Without Any Gaps," and I'm coming across stuff like the Aristotelian physics ar- arguments and that the the chains of logic that uh, medieval philosophers use are just so alien in their assumptions. That I am, I'm not able to get to, and I and it offends me that they reach so far, they hypothesise so far ahead of the data, mm. to quote Holmes. Yeah, this is this the, may the, be a weakness. This, in this me. is, this is um, pre-scientific. I don't yeah. I don't mean in the sense of pre-experimentation, but pre the idea of the universe as a place that you can learn about consistently by experimentation. There, there's some of that in the in the Greeks, but it yeah. was. It was forgotten effectively during the Middle Ages. It wasn't, yeah. 
the, the the stuff you could come up with um, using pure speculative physics and uh, pure spe- speculative philosophy and and logic was so much more exciting than you could come up with by you know careful observation of the details and not assuming too much. Yeah, well, I suspect part of that is simply the weight of history. We can start looking at things now and say, okay, they thought of these things, but they did not bring on the perfect world. Mm. So clearly the things the things were flawed. Yeah, um, I suspect that the, the attempts to bring on the, the perfect world in the 15th to 17th century caused um, our lack of belief in the possibility People are actually trying to bring in the yeah, the, the, it's the been just tried. City. It didn't work. Cle- clearly, it is at the very least not trivial. Yeah, yeah. I've I find myself uh, you, you, I find myself arguing with my players in the, in the Dawn of Magic game about what I said was possible. And I think I may have attempted something that is entirely too difficult for me to de- devise a si- system of magic that is consistent and playable as we went. I started out doing this because I was unsatisfied with what Ask Magica has become. Mm-hmm. I still want to run a campaign of it sometime. Yeah. But I found that it had buried itself in too much detail, in too much... Um, in too much research, though I love the research and the historical detail and crafty stuff, to be capable of flowing as a game. And that worries me. There's too much, I can do this and I can't do that without understanding the how and why. And nobody in Ask Magica game writing seems to have the ability to explain to me how or why. Yeah, my, my physicist mind definitely says if you have a, a, a set of rules with lots of special cases... That is not the fundamental set of rules. You haven't understood it sufficiently yet. Well, that's very good. Let's carve that on something as a motto for people designing designing game systems and mag- magic systems. Ask Magica tries that. It has it, but it has a set of limitations on the magic and things you cannot do. And I've done that. Un- done that as well. I've mm. firmly ro- ruled in no time travel except. We, you can maybe uh, do suspended animation forward. Yeah, well, there, there are good justifications for that. Yeah, well, the players didn't want it, and I said, fine, let's, let's, let's rule it out. Yes, but you can also have good in-universe justifications. Yeah. If somebody attempts time travel, it will cause a paradox, and the simplest way of the universe to fix the paradox is to cause time travel not to have been invented. Therefore, time travel has not been invented. God says no backsies. exactly what I was <laughs> thinking of. You could express it that way. Yeah. And you, you're, you're probably several steps ahead of me in trying to grok the medieval viewpoint because you, you, are, you are prepared to have an active and interventionist god hmm. in, in, in your campaign worldview, which is something I find difficult. All right, we'll come on to, on to something related to that in a moment. But my, my major problem is having him there and not having him solve all the players' problems. Well, that's the odyssey, isn't it? Hmm. <laughs> yes, uh, I, 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 yes, you are going to have to go through this shit. Tough, is I think what God says to to player characters. Mm. Well done that last one, but yes, you are going to have to do the next bit on your own. Uh, should be, well, actually, that should probably be what, be what the GM says. We were talking about the GM being God, <laughs> and that should be what the GM says every single time. 
there, there is one, one approach that one can take um, that does require incurious players, so it's not available to you. You can just say, is that available to any GM anywhere in the world? Well, appar- apparently, because it's what Tog does, it just basically says, it works. You don't know how it works, it works. This is how it works. That's fine if you have a sort of spellcasting system where you load a spell and you cast a spell and it does a thing. Yeah. It, it does not work where you're trying to work out but why or how or in what manner. Yeah, a large part of my time is spent listening to my players saying, you said I can do this. Can I do that as well? And I have to have... Sometimes we go meta and say, what is the effect this is going to have on the game if I let you do this? And sometimes I just say no. I think I like just saying no better. Another thing that comes up in uh, impossibilities is for science fiction games, which I'm inclined to run, uh, things like FTL Traveller. When when I started science fiction gaming, I was playing Traveller, and I was was just prepared to accept reactionless drives. These days I am not. They break too much. It's not even breaking campaigns. It's they break conservation momentum, and I like conservation momentum. Hmm. Um, But things like, okay... you can have a science fiction game without FTL travel, but it's it's going to be confined to one solar system, pretty yeah. much. So, all right, I'm going to have FTL. How does it work? How do we set it up so it reduces interesting situations, but also um, what happens if you do this obvious silly thing? Mm. Why was it discovered what it was? Why wasn't it discovered earlier? All, all these things need need to be put together. And my general approach is to try to answer them before the campaign starts. Yeah. Uh, though I will still get the situation as, as I have in, in the um, current game where I've got players asking me questions to which I have no idea what the answers are. I, I, can, I can work it out given a bit of thought because I have the basics. Yeah. But. <laughs> but it's still interesting. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my own, own tendency is to foie, 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 the technical details. But then I am playing an officer who wants to be a commander and, the, and has people to worry about that <laughs> for him. Yeah. Yes, engineer, go and do your thing. Yeah, whereas one of the other players wants to be that engineer. So Yeah. Anyway. However, let's move on. talked about the GM being God. What about the GM being the other fellow? I have on various occasions because I, alright, I'm a the- theologically inclined GM included the possibility of um, a gentleman uh, of wealth and taste making an offer to the players which they really shouldn't refuse. An offer of things that they really need and can use, and the price is so reasonable as well. And the first taste is always free. I'm talking about, Roger, can I tempt you? Can I tempt anybody? Because I'm feeling a little inadequate. When playing the devil, I have never yet managed to get one of my players to sell his soul, even when it's written into the character that this is something they'd really, really like, and I'm offering them... I'm not even asking them to sign on the line for, for you know the permanent um, bondage to hell. It's the first step, after all. But I cannot get people to yield to temptation when I do it knowingly. Why? Well, 
look at the literary antecedents just as stories about wishes are, in practice, stories about why people shouldn't have wishes. Yes. Stories about selling one's soul are always stories about why one shouldn't sell one's soul. <sighs> yeah. This is true. You've got you've got uh, players who who think of their characters as at least vaguely heroic, yeah, vaguely I, self determined. I mean, selling one's soul is is um, saying to somebody else, "Okay, you can solve all my problems for me." Yeah, that's that's that, that that's true. It, it it's a self determined thing rather than the heroic thing that I'm running up against. Mm. Um, I, the player who I recently tried to tempt with a little touch of immortality—it's what you really want, isn't it? Um. And I showed him, uh, the devil showed him every single conceivable means by which he could die. Um, and he, uh, he made the, he made the fright check. Um, the, the, but the, the player is a nasty piece. The, sorry, player character. Martin, you're a wonderful person and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, 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 and a gentleman and a scholar and, 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 and bigger than me and healthier than me. Um, the, uh, but the, uh, the 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 character was a nasty, is a nasty piece piece of work, but he's a nasty piece of work who wants to be his own nasty piece of work. Well, that's in character. Yeah, I know. And the the thing is, it, it's a very absolute offer. Um, I was offering him, you know, the the, the introductory it, offer. Yeah, the, there is at least the suggestion that this. Yeah, yeah, sure, this is where it starts, but it's much easier to turn around here than halfway down the hill. Yeah, the especially if you don't know how long the hill is. The thing is, I've only successfully tempted people once or twice when I didn't know that I was doing it. I offered um, a player character a wish, not thinking about it very much. Um, and then um, when the expression crossed the player character's face, I remembered that his character, who was an elf in a Banestorm game, was a black elf. And, and he said, I'm, I'm struggling, and the player said, I'm struggling with the temptation just to wish that all the humans on the earth die. He resisted mm -hmm. that temptation, uh, for reasons with, of prudence rather than reasons <laughs> of it not being a good idea. But I had successfully achieved temptation when I wasn't trying to do it. And this is worrying me a little bit. I'm worrying that I'm, I'm playing the devil. Is he too obvious? Is he too obviously I, the devil? I think that may be part... I, I think my, my theological scruples require me to set out... to set out, out the store with a plain, uh, plain label on who's providing it. That damnation doesn't count unless you do it know, knowingly. And, and, and from the devil's point of view, let's be frank, if, he, if they don't know that they're damning themselves, he, they're only going to repent at the last moment, and he, he regards that as cheating. I wonder whether espionage fiction might be a useful model. Hmm. The, the way in which somebody is compromised. Yeah, that is difficult to do as well. It too. is. It, it, it's a, and I, th I think a lot of the time play, players like to play characters who don't fall for this stuff. They're, they're the guys who rescue the people who fell for that stuff. Yeah. Um... How do I the, but what, what I'm thinking of here is do, doing an entirely innocent favour mm. that is not compromising at all, but causes you to think, oh, well, this, this guy's a guy I can do favours for, and he, he yeah. um, gave me something helpful. Then the next time it's maybe a little bit dodgy, but not, not in any sort of serious way, and everybody's doing it, and so on. That, that's the, yeah, the very, slow, very the, the slow, end. The slow, delicate part of temptation, which requires setting up your temptation very, very far in advance. In fact, you, you do also need player characters who have things they specifically want and are prepared to let the world go hang for. 
Yeah. You don't normally start out with player characters like that because <clears> you, you edit out player characters like that um, at the at the gr- design the group stage. Yeah, and if if they are team players, which most most of them one, one wants to be these days, be, being prepared to give give up personal satisfaction for the team is not so very far from being prepared to give up personal satisfaction to keep the world going. Mm. The or for their immortal soul, yeah, which they're not. Let's face it, using right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yes, you could bring somebody else's immortal soul along, and I'd be perfectly satisfied. <laughs> I think the thing is, if I did set that up, whether it was a, a real devil or a mundane tempter, I'm not sure whether the players would revolt when they realised what I was doing to them, or whether they'd applaud. I, I'd hope they'd applaud, but they might revolt and say, "But, but, but you set, but you set me up," and you'd have. To, there's a problem of buying, of understanding what I, sort I of game think is. The, the other thing one might well want at this point is, is a chance for, for them to... Well, this is the thing. If, if you... What's that thing? Start, start at the point of decision. Hmm. Um, if you're relying on... Particularly if you're relying on more than one player character to go down the slope. Yeah. And then to realise something, something's gone wrong, try and do something about it. How, do, how are you going to synchronise that? Unless you start them all at the point and just say, "Okay, your 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 initial PC is somebody who has already made the deal." Yeah. Well, that's tempting. And we start Thank the you, campaign Roger. at the point where you're thinking, eh, "Maybe I'm not so happy about this." You know, I'm, I'm getting getting old. Uh, until I die doesn't seem as long away as it might have been twenty years ago. That's actually a campaign. Actually, what that reminds me of is the Secret Six, not the movie, but the the comic book. I don't know if they're... I'm not familiar with. All right, there. It was. Actually, I don't know if they've done a movie or of it. It was a DC um, a, a spy um, adventure thing in which all the pla- all the the main characters were on the string of a, a hidden person called Mockingbird who had their hooks into them and something on them. With one, it was the pills that kept him alive. Uh, with, uh, with others, it was giving them a uh, an identity which which kept them safe from their enemies. Mm-hmm. And Mockingbird, um, Mockingbird sent them on missions and got them to do uh, Mission Impossible type stuff. And one of them was probably Mockingbird, but you were you, yeah, were, but, you but never you, resolved it. But with a setup like that, at least when you throw PCs at it, the first thing they're going to be trying to do is dispose of that dependency. Yeah. But uh, well, I I think I th- I think that uh, if you are halfway hooked by the devil, then you uh, then you've got two ways to go, haven't you? And you could set up a campaign in which they have no reason to trust each other because they're not that sort of person. If they were, I don't know. Could you play that out? If it were hell. There would be no. Comp- would it be hell if there were compensations allowed? <laughs> would it be hell if you could get out of it? Well, surely hell is compound interest. Buy now, pay later. Hmm. Yeah, possibly, and t- sufficient time. Yeah, and that—that's your major counter argument in, in this model because what people have, people who are trying to bail out halfway through, well, they—they they, they bought, they've had their fun, now they've got to pay for it. Yeah, except. Uh, yeah, uh, 
players in my Wednesday night game were talking about the possibility of leading an assault team on hell. I really need to rein in their <laughs> ambitions. I can a think of a number bit. of books in which that has happened, generally going relatively well for the assault team. Yeah, but that's because they're written by Americans, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, we do not have optimism uh, on this side of the Atlantic. I apologise. Well, at least you should be able to get a decent cup of tea, though. One other thing that worries me, well, the kettle's always hot, for one thing. Mm. One other thing that worries me is that if I may be playing the devil as an obvious villain, in that sort of, this character is not to be trusted, not even when, when he says the nice things, sort of style of acting that you get in so many genre films. And that worries me slightly, because I do despise that sort of thing. The thing, I, I haven't tried that particular model, but the, the thing that works for me for playing persuasive characters tends to be um, making a virtue out of plain speaking. Mm. You know, yes, this is what I want, and that, that and uh, this is what I can offer you in return for it. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're all grown-ups here. Yeah. Many very smart people think that they are boosting their brains with a variety of interesting unregulated chemical substances. That, that show no actual benefit above placebo. But they're not being fooled by the quacks because they're smart people. Yeah. I've often wondered what it must be like to think you're always the smartest person in the room. <laughs> not as much fun as you might expect. Well, yes. Not as much fun for the rest of the people in the room either, for that no. matter. Oh, well, before we get on to politics, let's wrap that up. You've given me at least one neat idea for the far future in campaigns, but thank you. <laughs> If you want to take advantage of any of the many offers made in this uh, podcast... Or uh, reconcile magic with uh, reality, or reconcile reality with reality. Do not send your immediate payment, do not send your soul, but do send your comments to... Send no souls now, podcast at tekeli.ly, or leave a comment on the website. And we're back with more matters of deep cosmic significance next month. Mm-hmm.